Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Superintendents Unplugged, In-Depth with Davis, the podcast where we will dive deep into the world of educational leadership. I'm your host, Addison Davis, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we embark on the inspiring journey together. As a superintendent once myself, I understand the challenges and complexities that come with leading a school district. But what I've come to realize is that there's abundance of amazing work being done by superintendents all across our country. This podcast is a platform to shine a spotlight on their incredible accomplishments and innovative approaches. Each episode will bring you exclusive interviews and superintendents from various districts across our country, both big and small, urban and rural, as they share their personal stories, triumphs, and even their moments of vulnerability. We will explore the strategies they employ to tackle the ever-evolving landscape of education, from fostering equity and inclusivity to embracing technology and preparing students for their future. But this podcast isn't just about showcasing success. It's about fostering a community of educational leaders who can learn from one another, share their experiences, and collectively navigate the complexities of our role. We'll discuss the tough topics as well, the difficult decisions, and the innovative solutions that are transforming education for the better. So while you're an educator, a parent, a student, or simply someone who's passionate about education, this podcast is for you. Superintendents Unplugged is your behind-the-scenes pass to the world of educational leadership where we uncover the stories that inspire, motivate, and empower every one of us. Get ready to be inspired, challenge, and entertain as we embark on this incredible journey together. I can't wait to introduce you to the remarkable superintendents who are changing the educational landscape one district at a time. Welcome to another episode of Superintendents Unplugged, where we dive into all of the complexities and the celebrations with educational leadership. Today, we have one of the greatest leaders in education, <laughs> Ironetta Wright from Cincinnati Public Schools. Thank you, Ironetta, for being here. Thank you. you know, it's a, it's a pleasure. We, I've been a longtime colleague of yours. We've yeah. seen some cool things. We also have Todd Lamb here from Strategos and Partners. So thank both of you for being here. We're going to talk about some important issues related to education. Thank you. You know, first things first, you know, your journey, you know, special journey, 25 years in Duval County, the 20th largest school district in the nation, then transitioned to Detroit Public Schools, five years there with Nikolai Vitti, one of the greatest leaders as well, did some remarkable work, and now in Cincinnati Public Schools where a school district that needs an Ironetta Wright. And, uh, you know, so talk about this journey. How has it been? I tell you, it has been uh, an amazing experience. You know, this is like a full circle moment for us um, from over 20 years ago right. and being your mentor for about six months That's and right. realize she, you can't be mentored. She, she fired me after, after six, six months, months it was done. Um, but it, it has been an amazing journey um, because it's been one of student focus and making sure that the work that you do, you keep your eyes on the kids. Right. And so learning that growing up in Duval County, being a yeah. native of Duval County, yeah. not ever having left Jacksonville, Florida until I went to Detroit <laughs> um, and then worked there for five years and going into a district and having an opportunity um, to work alongside Dr. Vitti yeah. as he was really working to rebuild the district uh, and continue to move forward. And so Cincinnati was my first choice yeah. school district awesome. and it has been an amazing experience for me. You know, one thing I'd say, and, and Todd, you may have seen this as well, you know, leaders, as, as, as educational leaders, sometimes we're feel, fearful to make that transition out of a place we call comfort. You know, me, I left Jacksonville to go to Clay the Hillsboro, you know, leaving Duval County after 25 years of hard, 
work, sweat, and you moving the needle, being an exemplar leader, and then going to Detroit, that takes courage. But it also builds your toolkit, your knowledge to do some, you know, great things for children every single day. For those leaders that are out there that may want a new chance, a new environment, you know, where's the wisdom for them? The sky is the limit. Yes. Do not at all limit yourself um, because there are opportunities. When you've done the work, the work transcends. And so regardless to where you are, there's great work to be done. It's like you feel the fear and do it anyway. When I transitioned to Detroit, my daughters were rising 10th and 11th graders. Oh, and they said, Mom, we want you to go. We think it's a great opportunity for you as long as we don't have to move. So they, they stayed with their father. That's I traveled cool. home every weekend to, because I'm a very active mom. So it was more taxing for me, but it was necessary. And the work was just so, it was so, there was such a need for the kind of work that had been done in the past and to bring that in. You know, the experiences that I got from Duval County, I, 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 I they were amazing experiences. And I think you realize that as you transition other places. Absolutely. I'm not going to shock you. Duval County is different than Cincinnati. What were some of the challenges with making that change? I mean, it's it's a different, there's different language, there's different folks, there's different politics in these diff different places. How did you handle that kind of change? Well, before going to Cincinnati, I was actually deputy in Detroit. Okay. So I was a little closer to Cincinnati, yep. three hours and 45 minutes outside of Cincinnati. I got to Detroit and I fell in love with the Midwest. Yep. And in, in thinking about that, you know, when I looked at Cincinnati, Cincinnati had a vacancy for a superintendent. And I thought, okay, this could be a great opportunity for me. There were some things that I knew that I was looking for. And honestly, one of them was I was not interested in being the first black female superintendent. <laughs> and so this district had had several black yeah. female superintendents. But what really sold me on the city was the data. When mm -hmm. I looked at the data of the schools, we had pockets of excellence and a lot of challenge. And I thought, this has been my life's work. Yep. And so I know that I can go in, work with the district, work with the organization, work with the community, work with the teachers, work with the families and impact change. And so the greatest difference, I think, in terms of the transition has been, I am the first superintendent that has not been a part of Cincinnati Public Schools in over 20 years. Wow. So everybody wow. else had been from Cincinnati. Same back. And the same. And so that's very Fresh different. Set of eyes. It's yeah. completely different. Yep. And so with that comes its own unique challenges huh. and its own unique <laughs> goals. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was the first leader in Hillsborough County outside in 50 years. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, transition and a thank you for being a leader that understands your skill set and matching it up with school districts that, that where you know that you can take your skills and embed and being able to create the great lift. I think that's a, a great strategy that every superintendent don't want a job, want a job that's best for you that you right. merge with. And going into Cincinnati, uh, you know, what, what a cool place to do it. So, so let's talk about, you know, radical change. And, you know, the need of change in education is, is in the forefront. And as we go, and, and listen, I'm a disruptor every single day. I've learned from, from the best to be able to do that. It's very hard. It's hard to be able to go in when you know that you've got to be able to lift instruction and look at the well-being, create joy, create the best, the, beta, the best psychological safe place every single day. What's the playbook to get it right every time that we go into these school districts? Yeah, I think the first thing for me and one of the greatest challenges has been making sure that people are able to see my heart. Yeah. Right. So you see me. I move fast. I walk fast. I talk fast. And that's not necessarily, you know, that's not been comfortable for Cincinnati. I, I love it. You know, Mark Twain said it best. You know, at the end of the world, where do I want to be? I want to be in Cincinnati because they're 20 years behind. And so, and so you take somebody like me that's a go getter. Right. 
I see things. I'm yeah. in schools yeah. every day. And, and for me, our children have waited long enough. Sure. So when we don't make change immediately, then that means our kids are still suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I've had to learn through that process is, in order for change to be sustainable, you have to be able to bring people along yeah, with you. Yeah. And so the first thing that I, I think in terms of transitioning and very similar uh, to transitioning into Detroit is making sure you have the right people in the right place on so, the bus, so identifying who needs to be there, knowing that when change occurs, three things are gonna happen with people, right? Yeah. They're either going to say, you know what, especially, you know, you think 20 years in the same place and you haven't had other folks, okay, now it's my time. I'm no longer, yeah. I don't know this person. Yeah. I now feel released to go do something else. Sure. So that's one. You have another that says, you know, I want to try something different and I don't know if I like this leadership style. That's right. a very honest thing. And then number three, you have people that think, okay, I may be exposed if I right. stay yeah. doing what I'm yeah. doing. So let me go ahead and disconnect. And so those choices, you have to know sure. that those things are going to happen. I think the second thing, after you make sure that you have the right people on the bus in the right seat. The second in terms of an organization and the organizational structure is making certain that the eyes are, are on what's happening with the children. What is in the classroom? What is what what curriculum is being used? How is that being implemented? And how are you leading that work? Looking at the other systems, of course, but the main thing is the main thing and that's what's happening in classroom because the ultimate goal is to improve outcomes for kids. And you can't get to improved outcomes for kids without quality instruction in the classroom and quality leaders that are leading school buildings. 100%. And, and one thing, Todd, that I've, I've learned and in, in change is that, you know, I went in Hillsborough County. I had the great, I thought I had the greatest, you know, change management, you know, project management plan, but I didn't have a change management plan. There's two differentiations. Right. You know, the, the project management is all the sophistication, the people, the roles, the systems are all in place. But the change management is not project management. Change management is all about people. Right. You can only move at the speed of trust. I had to learn that the hard way in yeah. Hillsborough mm -hmm. County. We finally got it right. Yeah. But for, for leaders out there, how important it is to, to, to make certain that the transition from project management to change management is in the forefront because you're only going to go as fast as people want to go. And they are the ones that are going to be the greatest influencers in this space. Yeah. So I think about for me, um, you know, the, my honeymoon period lasted until about March, about February <laughs> or March. Right. And so in thinking about that, I, I was doing nowadays. right. But I think that I was I thought that I was doing yeah. what I needed to you do. Doing your heart for I really was. I was engaging with principals. That's I was right. spending a lot of time with them because I knew that they were really the ones to make sure that the vision was moving forward. I worked a lot with my team. I did a lot of sessions in the community. I'm all over the community. I wanted individuals to really get to know me. Media. Yeah, everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> and, and about and about March, I think people were like, wait a minute, you know, this is really, this is a lot. And when I think back on it, are there some things I could have tweaked and done differently? Yes. But at the end of the day, when I look at where we are right now, everything that happened from that May to March was necessary in order for us to get where we are right now. And the kind of improvement that we've already been able to see in such a short time, it was necessary for kids. So yes, I think, I think what leaders can do is one, make certain that I think that every leader should work with a coach, yeah. every single one, because hmm. you think about it, if you have Le LeBron James, you know, one of the greatest of all times, and he still has a coach, everybody can benefit sure. from working with a coach. So I believe that that's one. I think the Mark. second thing is make sure that you have opportunities for consistent pulse checks sure. along the way as you think about the change. You know, getting the hearts and minds of people wrapped, wrapped around and rallied around what the change really needs to be. And that takes some, some time. And so for leaders like me that realize our kids, the longer we wait, the more time they lose, how do you do that and still remain true to yourself? How do you navigate, you, you obviously were brought in for change. Mm -hmm. uh, you, 
as you go on, and I, I talk to superintendents about this a lot. The longer you are there, some of the people that brought you in for that change, they move out, don't they? And now you have to win over an entirely new group of folks who are coming in and maybe they've been elected or appointed by somebody who may not like that change. That's that's a huge navigation, isn't it? It is. And, and I say um, very lovingly that, every, <laughs> that everybody wants change until change shows up. Yep. Right? Change show up. And so you show right. up and you know, you show up and you start doing things that because change yeah. means you have to do something different. Right. And I think that that's as you're getting to know, getting to know individuals, you cannot change and stay in a comfort zone. It's that's just right. not possible. Right. And so recognize. So it really takes a leader, especially when you're going in as a transformational leader. You have to be confident in who you are. Yep. And your own skills, because if not, those around you will cause you to question that. I think it's equally as important, and you're referencing really working with the board. I think it's equally as important, and it's something that our that my board and I are still working on, and we're working through. But continuing to build those board and superintendent relationships. Yep. One of the greatest things that we've done, and I really applaud the board for doing this, is we have gone through student outcome focused governance training with the Council of Great City Schools, yep. and as a result of that, it's it's really causing the board to think about the things that they focus on. So we've done goals and guardrails, and, and now we're at a point where we're reviewing those things. And that's hard for board members. It's hard because it's very different than the way that they've done that work before. So us having the opportunity to do that together, it also causes you to have to retrain the community. Mm -hmm. um, because I recall, and you may recall this, one of the greatest superintendents that I worked with, um, and I was a principal at the time, one of the things that he did is he, John Fryer, yeah, awesome he, he really worked with the board around the board's role. Right. He took the board through training. He went through governance training. I actually think they did it through Broad at that time. Yeah. But I, as a sitting principal, could see the transition. Right. And I remember one of the board members, I watching a board meeting and a board member saying, I have to remind everyone that what you're calling me about is not my role. That's not my job. That's right. administration's job. And that's hard for an elected official yeah. to say. Yep. And so making sure that there is a level of understanding and transparency around that. And also knowing that you're not going to agree with everything, that's you right. know, and knowing that you have to be okay with that as you continue to build relationship and build trust. You mentioned we're, we're actually here in San Diego yeah. for Council of Great City yeah. Schools. Is Cincinnati presenting this week? And are you talking about some of those changes? We're not talking about those changes. We no. are presenting this afternoon. Uh, Ohio is unique mm -hmm. in that the um, treasurer, CFO, most people call it, reports directly to the board as well. Okay. So the treasurer is actually my partner um, that reports to the board. It's a unique experience wow. because we really have to build relationship in terms of that. And we've really been able to work together as partners. So she's doing a presentation this afternoon, yes. and I'm going to go and share it with her. Hey. It was born. It was the it was the brainchild of one of my board members, yep. and it was it's all around financing. And so the, the the presentation is around Ask Jen. But essentially, what she did started last year with the assistance of the board member, um, working through sessions with the community around finances, helping yep. them understand budgeting, understand the budgeting process, understanding funding, and those kinds of things. So that's what we're doing this afternoon, and I'll be there to support. That's great. Really cool. Well, you know what. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. you know, we, we appreciate you being a champion for children, being able to do some really cool things for kids. And listen, for, for individuals that are watching today, you have to make bold, ambitious decisions for children. And, you know, I, I was able to watch your, your keynote that you did as you launched your school year. And yeah. it's all about, you know, putting children first and yeah. focusing on their, like, you can't wait. You said it well today. And you said it in your presentation. 
every day we wait is a day that we wait for children and they can't wait to be able to unlock their full potential. So thank you for being here and look forward to continue. You owe me six months of mentorship. <laughs> we'll try to get that in some way. But again, here we are with, uh, you know, powered by Stratagos. We are uh, superintendents unplugged. Look forward to seeing you next time and uh, look forward to seeing you in classrooms. Thank <music> you.